0: So, Father, we just call upon you that you would make a way clear for us, and that we would be our eyes would be kept on you. Thank you that you're with us and for us and not against us. And God, we put our hope and trust in you, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning. It's so good to see you. It's good to be back home. Uh, we were out for a couple of weeks, two and a half weeks. Uh, with some Parkinson treatments and just making some progress, but it's good to be home. And one of the things that I'm so appreciative of is I'm just glad I miss you. Uh, well, I mean, I've, I've got other pastor friends that I'm not sure they could say that. I won't name any names, but it is great to see you and uh, appreciate our staff. Uh, I have no worries when I take off that things are being being taken care of, and it's just good for our, our church to have such strong uh, a family of, of pastors. Uh, this morning is a special morning for us. Uh, we want to recognize all the moms, and we've we we got an amazing prayer that I want to pray uh, over the moms that are present here today. Uh, but I do want to realize and recognize, as Troy said, this is a difficult day for many people. Uh, many of us were fortunate to be reared in a home where parents loved Jesus, and we felt known and seen and cared for. But we realize that's not the case for everyone. We realize that there are some broken relationships, and so today is a difficult day. Uh, we have some who've lost parents, uh, lost a mom uh, in the last couple of years, and so again, it just it, today just has such full um, amount of emotions. And we also have uh, many people in our church uh, family that they want to have a child so bad. And we just pray that God would uh, open up some opportunities for that to happen. Uh, but it just doesn't happen right away. And God is the God of miracles. And he's the one who can be with you and who's for you. And we want to recognize that, that uh, it's a difficult day. And if you fall into one of those categories... Uh, Way to be gutsy and show up this morning and let God speak to you. And I pray that God has a message for you. So, moms, if you don't mind for just a moment, if you happen to be a mom, will you please stand? I want to pray a a prayer, a blessing over you. You guys are absolutely incredible. The things that you do behind the scenes that no one knows about... And yet you do it because of your love for your family. And that is such an amazing thing. And I know you're tired and you're weary. And I know that you know that if we would just listen to you, we would be a lot better off. (laughs) So I pray for patience for you. Here's the verse, and I want you to hang on to it. It's such a great verse. It says, "Uh, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you, in his love. He will no longer rebuke you. He will, rejoice. he will rejoice over you with singing. And look at this. The creator of the universe, he is with you. He sees you. You're not, he's not oblivious to you. He sees you. He saves you. He takes great delight in you. What an amazing thing for somebody to just delight. And you know how that is. You delight in your kids. God feels that way about you. He delights in you. And he rejoices over you with singing. I know not all of us have amazing voices, but all of us have sung over our... Sorry about that. I <laughs> have to watch my shakes. Uh, we, we all have, uh, have situations where we've sung over, just joyfully singing over our kids. And God sings over you, and I want you to be blessed by that. And know that he loves you and cares for you. So let me pray for you. Father, thank you for these ladies uh, online as well as those are, are here in the service. God, I, I pray that you would honor them in such a way that they would feel loved, valued, cared for. That they would feel seen. That they would feel noticed. And Father, we just commit this day to you. We, Father, we thank you for them. I pray that you'd give them energy. I pray you'd give them lots of grace to offer us. I pray that you would give them patience. Father, I pray that you would remind them that you have plans to give them a future and a hope. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the rest of you let you know, let them know you appreciate them. So, as Troy said, we've been working through our jars of clay, and what a great I so appreciate our, our band being willing to put in some extra work and put forth some songs from uh, those of us that appreciate jars of clay that were born back then. And uh, it, man, I just think I, I wanted to kind of grab a mic and take over. But thank goodness I didn't. But we've been, our focal verse is 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power. Is from God. We're all broken people, but look what this is. We have this all surpassing, and the word surpassing means to throw, throwing beyond others, super eminence, abundance, far more, exceeding, more excellent, beyond and out of measure. So you have this broken body that says that says I just don't always. In a broken system around us, we live in a fallen world. And yet it says, we have this power within us that is this throwing beyond all others in this super eminence, abundance. It's far more exceeding that power. And also it says, it goes on with this all-surpassing power. The word is dynamite. Uh, the, we get the word for dynamo is the Greek word. And it says it's dynamic power. It's a miraculous power. It's a worker of miracles. It's a strength, a mighty, wonderful work. And so the song we sang about God being a way maker, that, that's just incredible what he has to offer you, he lives inside you if you have your heart uh, given to him. So God knows our frailty. And when we put our lives in the hands of God, he becomes the way maker. So today I want to introduce you to a new story. Uh, you might want to find your Bibles and turn to page 262 if you're using the Bibles in the seat pockets, seat pockets in front of you. We're going to look at the book, book of Ruth. I've been working on this for three weeks. And I hope by the end you're thinking, you should have taken four weeks, but I want to do something that I rarely do. Usually we just say, open your Bible, here's the verse, and we'll take it word for word or verse for verse. I'm going to take you through the entire chapter of Ruth. And by tonight, you'll be so glad <laughs> I'm done. Uh, I'm going to take you through the book of Ruth uh, in the time we have, so I'll, I'll get us out on time, but... I want to tell the story and I'll just refer to uh, different parts of it, but I want to refer to the story. But here's, I want you to know that the book of Ruth is an amazing book. It's some, some amazing stories, but I want you to know the setting. This is hundreds of years before Jesus and judges one twenty-five tells us what kind of system was in place. In those days, Israel had no King. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Everyone did what seemed right in their own eyes. And we think relative truth is something new. So the world has been dealing with this for a long time. So Ruth 1, verse 1, let me just read to you, then I'll take you to a, a, a couple of verses. In the day when judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. You need to know that there's a famine that goes on. And so those in Bethlehem gathered together, and uh, a certain man named Amalek... Took his wife and two sons. They went to live for a while in the country of Moab. That's important to know. The man's name was Emelech, his wife's name was Naomi. The names of their two sons were Malon and Kylon. They were from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab to live there. So from so there's a problem. There's a, a major uh, uh, issue of famine going on. And so it's so bad they have to leave uh, Judah and go to Moab. In verse 3, uh, you'll see this. Now Amalek's, now Amalek, Naaman's husband died. So here they go into a new country and he dies and she was left with her two sons. Those two sons married Moabite women, one named Oprah Winfrey and the other, (laughs) oh wait, sorry, one named Orpah, just making sure you're with me, (laughs) Orpah, and the other Ruth, that's going to be a huge one for us. And they lived there, but after 10 years, both Malon and Kylon also died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. So it went from bad to worse. Famine, loss of husband. 10 years later, loss of both children. And here's what I want all of us to know. And this is a no-brainer, but let me say it for us. No one is exempt from the harshness of life. And harshness leaves you with two options. You can look vertically or horizontally for hope. You, you only have two options. When the harshness of life hits, and it will hit. It hits sooner or later, and it will hit. Horizontal faith is dependent upon other people and other things. And so the problem with other people and other things, which is as good as they can be, they were never designed to withhold your expectations. In fact, I've always heard it said, expectations are disappointments waiting to happen. Because you can't rely upon other people always. You can't always rely upon a system. And so you can look horizontally and it may help you for a little while. But sooner or later, it will break down because it was never designed to hold you up. So harshness of life leaves you a couple of options. One, to try to, to do life without God. If, if it's to be, it's up to me kind of an attitude. Or the other is certainly vertical faith. It's dependent upon the creator of the universe, the way maker. And when you look vertically, it changes how you approach everything you face in your life. And we're going to see this. When you put your hope and trust in Jesus, all of a sudden you're saying, God, I trust you to bring out good in it. I trust you to bring out the beauty of the, this thing when I know I can't do it on my own or I can't see it. Even when, he's, even when you're, you don't see him working, he's still working. He, when you don't see that, uh, the presence of God working around you, putting your hope and trust in Jesus, he says, I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Okay. So, here's the first point. If things in your life have, you've been dealt a harsh blow, or things have gone up in smoke, don't count God out of the equation. There's so much more, the perspective that we have when we put our hope and trust in Jesus. Ruth 1, verse 6. Hey, and relax, I know I'm just on verse 6, I'll still make it. Okay. So when, when she heard in Moab that the Lord, here it is, the Lord had come to the aid of his people. So God's coming through in, the book, in, in Judah. He's showing up and the famine is over uh, to the aid of his people and by providing food for them. Naomi and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home. So they decide to take off and go back home. Sometimes, secondly, sometimes God leads you where you didn't plan to go in order to produce in you what you couldn't achieve on your own. Now that may not make total sense right now, but if you've read the book of Ruth, you know where this is headed and it's got a great ending. But at this point they had no clue where things were headed, but it was so important that they get to Moab in order for God to arrange some things that were going to happen so that God would come through in amazing way. So what do we do until then? I call it a preemptive prayer. And a preemptive just means I'm going to pray this regardless. I'm going to make up my mind on the front end that whatever happens, even when I don't see the hand of God working, I'm going to trust him. Here's the preemptive prayer. Lord, may I not have disdain for the hardships in my life. Instead, would you produce in me what would never be produced if I bypassed the hardship? In other words, may the hardships count. You ought to take a screenshot of that because you need to think about it and make that, come to a conclusion on your own and say, God, I I want to be a person of faith. I want to put my hope and trust you. I want to look vertically, not horizontally. And so, God, here I am, and I'm going to make this decision on the front end that regardless of what harshness may come, when I don't see you, I'm going to not gripe and complain about the, uh, and have disdain for the hardships. Okay, so let's pick up. So Naomi says to her two daughters, daughters-in-law, she says, you should probably stay put uh, because you're not, from, uh, you're not from Judah. And there's not, I don't know what the, how many opportunities you have to, to, meet, to meet men. Stay here. You know the land. And so uh, Orpah decides to stay. But Ruth, you'll recognize this. Ruth says, and this is important, Ruth replied, do not urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Wherever you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Here it is. And your God, my God. This is an indication that Ruth, being in the presence of Naomi, had come to recognize the one the creator of the universe, and she puts her hope and trust in those in Moabite, the Moabites uh, had numerous gods. Just whatever one for whichever issue they had. And here she says, no, 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 no. Your people are going to be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me. So she's just saying, may the Lord deal with me if I break this promise to you. So this all suggests that she had come to a place to put her hope and trust in the Messiah that was still to come. Ruth chapter 2. So let me read verses 1 and 2, and then we'll look at 3. Naomi had a relative on her husband's side from the clan clan of Emelech, a man of standing whose name was Boaz. That's going to be important. And Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Let me go out to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone whose eyes I favor. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So the women would go out, and those that had no husbands, they would go out, and they would go behind the threshing, uh, the wheat threshing, and whatever was left behind that was just leftovers, they picked up, and so they had very little left. Verse 3. So she went out, and she began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, was from the clan of Amalek. Hmm. And the phrase. As it turned out. In the Hebrew means. It's the author's way of acknowledging. The providential working of God. In Ruth's life. The providential working of God. So when you said as it turned out. It's not by coincidence. This is God making a way. And so now. uh, Ruth is in the presence. Of Boaz. So. Ruth chapter 2, verse 19, her mother-in-law asked, Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. She didn't have a clue yet. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one whose place she had been working. And the name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her mother-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead she added, that man is our close relative. He's a kinsman redeemer. Again, the, the phrase using of, of focusing to the great redeemer. So, I mean, here it is as, as it, so it happened that God is orchestrating all of this. Here's the third idea. It was through a very difficult situation that God was setting things in place for the big reveal. For the big reveal. Again, they're clueless to it. They don't know. And many of us are in that place. We don't know where this is headed. But our hope and trust is going to be vertical, not horizontal. So Boaz finds out who the gleaning woman was. He has compassion on her. And basically, let me just cut to the the end here. They get married. And you'll want to read it this week. I want you to read uh, four chapters and you'll need how they got married, how she won him over, oh my gosh, it's awesome. So you'll want to read it this week. But anyway, they get married. So little did they know how the famous Boaz would become, how famous Boaz would become, or how great his offspring would be. So let me fast forward here and go to the book of Matthew. Just watch this. And this is going to be the first time that you will actually appreciate all the names in Matthew 1. I won't read all of them, but I'll read many of them. Matthew 1, 1 to 6. This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah. So what you're reading, these are the ancestry line of, of Jesus. A descendant of David and Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. There's going to be an exam at the end of this. Ram was the father of Amninadab. You Try saying that by, by yourself. Amnindadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Now wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. You Ready? Here it comes. Samuel was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. Fast forward to verse 16 Jacob was the father of Joseph, the mother, the the husband of of Mary. Mary gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah. All this being set up, God is at work not just to meet their physical needs and the needs that they have, but to set up an amazing work of God for bigger things, not just for single things. Here's the point. God can similarly, similarly work through your circumstances to bring about future blessings and even impact the world whether or not you're able to connect all the dots on this side of eternity. You see, God allows us his presence in the middle of the storm and while he's he's providing his presence, he's also working things out for the good. It's just amazing what God can do when you put your life and hands in in his presence. Louis Giglio says this, In his presence we find a deeper sort of solution. One that holds forth fulfillment, peace, a knowledge that he provides and hope that he has a wider purpose for our lives than we could ever think or live out on our own. God has huge plans for you. Whether you feel seen or not seen, he sees you, he sings over you, he loves you, he's a way maker. And all our job is just to align our lives with him and look vertically, not horizontally. Okay, let me close with Ruth 4. So Boaz, I'm backing up now. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. Then he went to her and the Lord enabled her to conceive. And she gave birth to a son. We know who it is. It's Obed. And they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. What I find interesting here is the ancient Israelites to whom the author was writing he knew, the, they knew this, this amazing heritage, the kingly line of David who ultimately lead to the Messiah of Jesus. Though Ruth and Boaz were totally unaware of how their lives and their decisions to follow God would work out. Amazing. What I want to say to you is don't feel like what you're doing doesn't matter. I remember, uh, my mom always had an open door and I would come in and I would jump in the air and land on the bed. And she always just said, quit doing that. But I did anyway. And I would land on her bed and it'd kind of bounce her up and uh, kind of catapult her. And, and, And then I'd say, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about that. And she just talked to me about what it was like to walk with Jesus and it was just normal day in and day out she had no clue that her son would be you know in Lincoln Nebraska she had no clue of where God would take her family and her son and yet I have the opportunity to point you to Jesus thanks to my mom I mean just but she had no clue in fact before, before she died um uh, uh, she was very old, and all her friends had died, had been go- gone for years and years. And right before she died, I said, Mom, how do you feel? She said, I'm ready to die. And I said, quit talking like that. She goes, no, I'm ready to die. I'm so ready to die. I said, why are you ready to die? And I said, because you, you belong to Jesus. She said, well, of course. But she said, I'm ready to die because all my friends have gone on before me, and I think they, I'm afraid they think I didn't make it. Okay, mom, die away. <laughs> okay, so last last Tuesday, I'll I'll land the plane. Uh, so one of the things I asked mom, I came in, catapulted on the bed, and I said, "If you knew Jesus was returning tomorrow, what would you do differently?" She said, well, "Nothing." And I said, "What do you mean, nothing?" She said, "Well, already." Start out every day and say, God, put the people in my pathway that you want in my path and I'll, I want to point them to Jesus. So I'm good. And that's, that's what I want you to know. It's in the mundane of things where God begins to work in huge ways. And so our hope is this. Here's the prayer. Father, I submit my life and my circumstances into your plans. May you work through me and my current circumstances to ultimately point people to Jesus. So let me invite all of us to pray this prayer together, and uh, we'll, we'll close our service. So let's, let's do this. Father, I submit my life and my current circumstances into your plans. May you work through me and my current circumstances to ultimately Point people to Jesus wow what a, wouldn't it be amazing if that's how the new coveys would be that every day we do that by submitting yourself to the Lord's agenda you open yourself to his sovereign purposes not only for your benefit but for the benefit of generations to follow so may the Lord use us and bless us to bless others so as I shared earlier, uh, my, response, uh, my hope for response from you, so you read, read Ruth 1 through 4, take a chapter uh, a, a day, and then, and then you may want to screen, uh, take a shot of this, and ask these, these questions. What does it say about God? What does it say about me? What is God communicating to me? And what am I going to do about it? Father, I pray that we would be people who would look vertically, not horizontally, and thank you that you are at work. And Father, we commit our lives to you, and we trust you, and with, with, even with a step of faith, you're saying, God, when we don't see things happening around us, we put our hope and trust in you that you're at work, praise in Jesus' name.